3. We will uh, read that passage in a second. Um, let me kind of introduce it with a little bit of an illustration. Uh, we have given for us here um, the way this game of life, if you want to think about that, is going to be evaluated at the end. Where we're told here how the score is kept. All right? And um, I thought of basketball as a way to illustrate this. I think we all know, hopefully, that it's the final score at the end of the game that is what counts. All right? But sometimes, especially if you're on the team that didn't win, um, I've been there, and the discussion in the locker room will be about you know, maybe whose free throw percentage was higher. Well, we, we did better at the free throw line than they did. Or maybe you'll break it down and say, well, in the third quarter, we actually outscored them. <laughs> or we'll talk about fouls or rebounding. Or I think we have a winner determined. <laughs> Did somebody win? Oh, no, okay, that's fine. Um, they, they'll, you, they'll talk about those types of things, but really it doesn't change the fact that you just lost the game, all right? The rebounds are kind of nice and important, and free throws are nice and important, but it's that final score that decides the game, all right? So today we're going to look at this passage, and we see um, God tell us how that score is going to be kept at the end, and it'd be wise for us now to keep that in mind. Make sure we're focusing on the things that actually count, not the, not the free throw percentages and other things that aren't necessarily wrong, but it's not, the, not what determines the final decision. Uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians there, uh, we'll read right now verses 14 and 15. We'll drive back and read a little bit longer. But 14 and 15 says this, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So if our works abide, then we get a reward. If our works don't abide this fire that the Bible talks about, then we're still saved, we're going to heaven, but we're going to suffer loss. Here we have at least one way that that, that final reckoning about our works and, and our rewards in heaven is taken care of. Um, we're going to read, uh, starting in verse 5, all the way down through the chapter, but to give you a little context of what's going on here, uh, the Corinthians were squabbling amongst themselves about things. We're going to see here Apollos and Paul mentioned earlier, talks about Cephas. And it seems like one of the things they were squabbling about was, who they got saved under somehow. I got saved when Dr. So-and-so preached. I got saved at EY. You know, my salvation is more important than your salvation. Or, you know, there's, there's some sort of internal squabbles about things like that and probably other things. But there's this, this, this infighting going on of some kind. And Paul like, smacks him in the head and says, hey, wait a second, let's, let's, let's get involved with something that actually counts for something, something that, that has some lasting importance in it. So we're going to see in here... Um, Two different illustrations, two parts for the one. First of all, uh, Paul uses the illustration of a gardener with plants and watering the plants and that type of thing. And then he gets to the second illustration is building, building on the foundation of Christ and then the idea that we're the temple of God and we've got to be careful what we put in that temple. So we'll see those illustrations that will go along here, but, but we're going we're to make that thought here, our works abiding be, be the focus of what we look at. So let's just read the passage. Up in verse 5. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. 
So then neither he that plant neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifested, for the days shall declare it, whether it shall be revealed by fire, uh, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath, uh, I'm sorry, uh, abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For, this, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, Lord, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. So we're going we're to walk through this passage here and uh, try to think about some uh, things that bear on this idea of our works abiding. We'll look at some, just some phrases and, and thoughts in there, and uh, hopefully, like it's done for me, uh, give me a way to try to, to analyze my actions and my life to make sure I'm on the side of my works abiding, not on the side of where my works go up in flames. All right, so let's pray, and then we'll, we'll look at this. Lord, we ask that you'd help us as we look in your word, that we would take what it says and apply it. Lord, it's, it's here for us. It should instruct us. It should convict us. And Lord, help us to respond as, as your spirit directs us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, got three main points we'll look at. The first is that Christ is the only foundation. That'll be quick. And then we'll talk about the second point. We need to be careful how we build on this foundation. And then that'll be the, the longest part. And then the third part, we need to be careful not to defile the temple. We're told we're this temple. We've got to be careful we don't defile it. So first of all, Christ is the only foundation. Verse 11 says that, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So... This is referring to salvation. All right, so first of all, you know, this building of our Christian life doesn't make any sense if we're not saved. All right? And that's where a Christian academy, a, college, a Christian college, I uh, would assume most are saved. But if, if, there's, if you're not saved, you don't have this foundation to even talk about. All right, and then a, another quick thought here is um, if Christ is the foundation, then it should be the foundation of all of these works that last. Right? It's challenging me to think about my, the parts of my life and think, all right, how is that based on Christ as the foundation? Right? There's some things that 
don't don't play games with yourself. <laughs> I uh, with a former visiting partner, not Ben. Uh, on a Saturday, we were joking about watching Dude Perfect, and how they're Christians. So it's basically it's like soul winning when you watch Dude Perfect because they get revenue from ads and then they tithe to their church and. It's soul winning, right? <laughs> so don't let yourself play silly games like that. Our actions, our lives should be founded in Christ. So, so, so where does it fit there? Right? So Christ is the only foundation. We need to be saved. Our lives should, everything we do should be founded back in there. All right, second point. We need to be careful how we build. We're told in verses 12 through 15 about the gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, these six building materials. Uh, some of them do well in a fire. <laughs> some of them don't do well in a fire. All right? The wood, I know from experience that my house this morning doesn't do well in a fire. Well, it, it produces lots of nice heat, all right? and it's very comfortable to sit in front of, but it burns up, <laughs> and it's gone. Uh, the gold, I've never tried burning gold or silver or precious stones, but I don't think they'll burn very good. Right, so we have some of these things that burn very well, some that don't. And we're told here that the, the uh, deciding factor, the deciding criteria is what's consumed by the fire. Right? What's consumed by the fire. Um, I think it's appropriate here to, to think about sin versus not sin. Right? But I don't think that's exclusively uh, what this is saying. Right? Just, there's all kinds of things in life that aren't explicitly sinful that we need to ask ourselves is that going to burn up in a fire and be nothing? Right? Let me read you a quote uh, by Dr. Sorensen about this passage. The application likely is how Christians invest their lives. Some do so in serving the Lord, fulfilling His commission, being faithful to Him and His work. They, like the servant in the parable of the talents, have invested their lives in the service of the King. The spiritual materials of which they have constructed their edifice before God will pass the test. Conversely, there are many Christians who waste their lives seeking their own interests and are entangled with the affairs of this world, living for shallow pursuits, entertainment, and recreation. They are careless and casual regarding faithfulness, service to Christ, and not diligent in seeking the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God. And that day... The meager spiritual cabins of wood, hay, and stubble will be raised by the trying fire of Christ's judgment. They, like the unfaithful servant in the parable of the talents, will face the reprimand of their Lord. All right, so today, I want us not to necessarily think, all right, I, I'm not involved in deep sin, so I'm, I'm building with gold, silver, and precious stones. I want us to think about, think about our whole life and the things that we don't classify as sinful. Is there any real value? Any real eternal value. Um, we need to be careful uh, not to fall into the trap of letting ourselves say, well, what's wrong with it? When really the question should be, what's good with it? Right? The, the question is, is it going to survive the fire? Uh, I, I, one of my illustrations in a second is about making stuff with wood. I enjoy making stuff with wood. Right? But our kitchen cabinets will not go well in a fire. Right? I mean, they would go very well in a fire. They would burn up very easily. Right? The question is, what's good about it? Think about our actions. I guess this is convicting for me to think about my life. What's, what eternal value is there? It's easy to fall into the trap of, well, what's sinful? You show me what's sinful. No, flip it around. You show me what's so good about it. 
How, how does that contribute to anything in eternity? And that's all that matters. I don't want to be at the judgment seat to explain to God about, well, I made four th- more uh, three-pointers than them. And when all my works are burnt up, we know what's going to count. Right? So it's not sufficient just to say, well, what's wrong with it? It's what's right with it, really. How is what I'm doing going to survive this fire? Right? So I mentioned wood. It's, it's not necessarily that wood is a bad building material. There's wood in this building. I'm standing behind wood. It's not like wood is evil, but the test is, will it survive the fire? And the answer is no. And we need to honestly look at our life and our actions and say, what is going to survive the fire? What has some eternal value and what doesn't? And we've got to make sure we're building with the things that have eternal value. So, all right, I mentioned uh, woodworking. I enjoy woodworking. Um, It's not sinful, right? But it would be sinful if I'm making kitchen cabinets or a table or whatever and not out visiting. If I say I got one evening this week where I could do one or the other. I could stay in my garage and make stuff out of wood and I would enjoy it, put some earphones in and listen to some story about the guy who made uh, the, the timepieces, I forgot his name, some history story, you know, it's, it's, what's wrong with it? Right? And you should reply back, well, what eternal value is there? And the answer is, well, uh, none. I mean, I could kind of, well, God says I have to take care of my family, right? Making cabinets so we can eat well. That's a really loose connection. There's not much value there. So at that point, that woodworking, that does become a sin. There's something else that that has some value in eternity that should be done. And I need to make sure I'm careful. I don't want my woodworking to go up in flames. Look, God, I made a nice pulpit. It won't matter in eternity. But going out visiting, going out witnessing, going out to talk to money, if you're on my bus route, she's been asking about salvation. Going out to talk to her, that'll have some eternal value. We're not going to stand in heaven talking about our hobbies. All right? We might talk about the people that got saved, but not our hobbies. So, so woodworking. Uh, I also have recently gotten into hunting a little bit. It's relaxing. It's amazing to me. My, not amazing. It's kind of interesting. My favorite hobbies are the ones that get me away from the hen house. I mean, I mean. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. I have all girls at home, so, you know, sometimes it's nice to go out and run the chainsaw or something, but um, where was I at? (laughs) So anyway, hunting. Is it necessarily evil to go hunting? No, okay. (laughs) I knew he'd give me the right answer. No, right? But if I'm going hunting and not studying for my sermon in 5th and 6th grade junior church, yeah, that's, that's flat out wrong. I'm putting my time in something that is, is going to burn up in eternity. Right? That's the criteria. Not, well, tell me what's wrong with hunting. You tell me what's right about it. Right? In eternity, there's not much value there. I can't again say, well, I've got to feed my family. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the excuse. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it will. We'll eat the thing, and it'll taste good. All right? Um, but there's also meat at Jewel. We could, we could get meat there, so... All right, now let's talk, uh, I'm sorry, 
Uh, let's talk about uh, some other things here, not just my life. Uh, some, some things to help us as we try to decide if what we're doing has eternal value. I think there's several things mentioned uh, through this passage that give us a, a way to help make this judgment. So, First of all, I want to make the point here that uh, our building, if we're going to build a quality building, sorry, it's going to be deliberate and carefully executed. If you're going to build a a structure of any kind that is actually sound and solid and functions well, you're going to plan, and you're going to carefully execute the plan. You know, it's just going to get in and start nailing boards together. Uh, It looks like, uh, you know, there used to be a little fort-type structure over the hill from my house (laughs) that some of the neighborhood kids put together. It's pretty scary looking. All right? Uh, It's going to take some deliberate planning. And the same is true for our lives here in this illustration. We're building our Christian life. We're going to have to be very deliberate. We're going to have to carefully execute. We're not going to just by chance end up with a life that we spend all our time on gold and silver and precious stones. We're going to have to be very, very deliberate in this thing. And that involves thinking about every facet of our life and evaluating. Does this have any real eternal value or not? And deliberately choosing the things that have eternal value. So first of all, we're going to have to be deliberate and careful as we execute. <clears throat> all right, uh, the next thought here are some, uh, several different points about helping us decide. The first one here is Christ is the foundation of all that will last the fire. We talked about that already. But Christ is the foundation. Think about different facets of your life. Can you, can you somehow say, that I'm doing this because of Christ, because I'm a Christian? There are lots of things that, yes, we can do that. No, you're in school here, hopefully, because, because of Christ. This is where God wants you. Hopefully, you uh, ask God and you plan on and deliberately execute and carefully execute passing your classes because that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to pass and wants you to succeed. Your ministries, there's lots of things where we can say, yes, we can run this back to Christ. But there's other things where you've got to be more creative than I am with Dude Perfect. Uh, to run them back to Christ. Right? Next time you're uh, posting something or scrolling through your feed, right? is, that, is it really going to, you know, somehow you're going to read somebody's comment and that's going to stir you on? No. It, how is that based on Christ? So, uh, think about your, your attitude towards authority or your parents. If there's that resistance inside of you that I'm, I'm going to get away with something, I'm going to do something that my parents or my teachers or my pastor doesn't like, explain to me how that's based in Christ. Again, it's not what's wrong with it. You explain to me what's right about it. It's based in Christ. That's the foundation. Everything we build should be based on that. We want to be very careful that we don't just go out into the to the field beside our structure and start building things. It will sink and settle and fall over. It will be useless. Christ is our foundation. All right, second thing we can get out of this. That was in verse 11, the foundation. Verse 7 uh, mentioned to us that God gives the increase. The end of the verse there, but, but, the, but God that giveth the increase. Okay, so think about these actions, some, some facet of your life, some attitude. And imagine saying, God, please bless this. Because 
gives the indication that anything that has lasting value for eternity, God's giving the increase. And to me, that's, that's a convicting thought. What facets of my life am I going to have a hard time praying, God, increase this? If we're going to be honest, we'll start praying. It's going to be, uh, God, decrease this because it's useless. God gives the increase to things that last. And the parts of our life that have this eternal value are going to be increased by God. I wrote some examples here, but this really covers every facet of life. And I hesitate to give an example because I want, you, I want God to pinpoint your, in your life. But I mentioned social media, uh, t- media consumption. God, please bless me as I spend the next hour and a half watching whatever videos come up in YouTube or wherever I'm at. Uh, relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't hardly know who's dating, so... If that hits home, you know, say, God, please bless them. Please bless our actions. You should be able to pray that. Right? Please bless our actions. Um, we can pray that. I mentioned schoolwork, about visitation, about being in church. God, please increase me here in this service. Give me something from your word. You can pray that about your classes. You can, you can pray that about your performance at work. Right? You say, God, please help me to do a good job today. I, I want to be a good testimony to my boss. Plus, I need the money to pay my school bill. <laughs> Which is not, that is something God expects you to do. Right? There are some things we can pray, God, please increase this. There's other things. It's, it's, it becomes obvious that it's useless when we think about asking God to increase it and God to bless it. All right, verse 8 in our passage, talks about everybody receiving their own reward. Um, And verse 14 talks about receiving a reward. So I thought, uh, what things does God say we'll get rewarded for? And I just did a quick uh, search uh, through some New Testament passages. This is not exhaustive, but at least to me it got my mind rolling. These are some things that God says we will be rewarded for. And the list is interesting but also sometimes the things that God never says we're going to get rewarded for is interesting. So, all right, here's what's on the list. Uh, Matthew, God tells us that we're rewarded for being persecuted and reviled for Christ. All right, persecution. Uh, We're rewarded uh, for loving our enemies. Guys, that includes your roommate. I mean, I'm assuming that they are your enemy. Um, Maybe it's the girls I should address there, I'm not sure, but... Loving our enemies. Uh, God indicates being rewarded for giving, tithing, giving to the church, for not being a hypocrite. Uh, the Bible talks about a righteous man's reward in Matthew, living a righteous life. God talks about uh, a reward for preaching the gospel and then uh, not insignificantly here, willingly. Willingly. Oh, Saturday. Again? All right, I have flesh. So, you know, it's five degrees for the high, and you know every door you're going to go to, all of the neighbors have shoveled their snow onto that sidewalk. <laughs> you can spend your whole day climbing mountains to knock on a door. Again, willingly. All right? 
preaching the gospel willingly. Uh, Colossians, working heartily as to the Lord. Right? There are some things that God says we're going to be rewarded for. That's at least a, a, a place to start. Right? I want to make sure I'm doing these things because God says I'll be rewarded there. Along the same line, there, there's also lots of things that God directly commands us, whether or not he says there'll be a reward explicitly for it or not. There's lots of things he just, just said, you need to do this. That is on that list of things that have eternal value. God is directly telling us to do it. He doesn't want us to build a house of hay and straw. He wants it out of the stuff that will last. Um, Ecclesiastes um, summarizes all of that God tells us to do is fear God and keep his commandments. That's our whole duty. That's a pretty broad statement, keeping all God's commandments, but that's on our list. Uh, Jesus said all the law hangs on loving God and loving your neighbor. So there are some things in the Bible. We can, we can go and find concrete, uh, another good building material, uh, lists of things where God says, you're going to get rewarded for this or do this. That's part of this building material that's going to last in eternity. It'll produce something that is worthwhile. Okay, so that was part of being careful what we build with. Right? The third point is we need to be careful not to defile the temple of God. Verses 16 and 17 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Lord, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. All right, so we need to be careful not to put anything unholy in our temple. Talk about our Christian life. If it's unholy, it should not be there. It shouldn't be there. The things we have to hide or we hope nobody finds shouldn't be there. Anything unholy. All right. That verse there that says, I'm sorry, I just lost it. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. The word defile and destroy are the same word. Now think about that. God's saying, basically, what you do to your Christian life, that's not how I'm going to treat you. That's kind of a scary thought. Right? Imagine if, if um, God brought something into your life that you didn't like, and you were able you know, had to actually can converse directly. And you said, hey, God, what, what's going on here? And God replied, what's wrong with it? You want to know, God, you said you're going to do good to me. And he said, oh, no, what's wrong with this thing? I don't want God to give me things that he asks what's wrong. I want God to give me the things that he says are good. Right? So here the indication is the way you treat the temple is the way I'm going to treat you. All right? And that, that's, that's not a comfortable place to be. Um, if I casually pursue my Christian life, do we want God to reply to us that way? Next time we have a real serious prayer request, God says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. I've got to go bowling. No, we, we, we don't want this casual response from God. We want, we want his full attention. We're going to be treated the way we treat our Christian life. Again, a lot of these places, I, you know, this is my one chance to preach. So I, back in August, this passage came to mind. So I've had a long time to sit and think about it. And um, it hurts sometimes. 
But think about it. Do you really want God to treat you the way you treat his temple, your Christian life? That's, that's the picture there. All right. Uh, continue on with being careful how we, uh, we don't defile the temple. Right up there it talks about um, the wisdom of this world and how it's foolishness with God. Okay. We have to be very careful that we don't let the, the, the thinking and ideology of this world that we live in affect us. You've got to be very careful. Because God says the wisdom that comes from that is foolishness to him. We live in a world where we, we are so connected all the time, and I'm afraid, not just you, but I'm afraid even adults, it's so easy to, to be connected all the time to the wisdom of the world. We're on a tablet, we're on a, on a laptop, so easy. Right? And God says that's foolishness. If you want to test yourself, speaking of the wisdom of this world, <laughs> going off, um, if you want to test yourself, um, cut it out completely. Say, right, for the next month, no YouTube. No, I watch good videos on YouTube. Mine are good. Yours are bad. <laughs> no videos on YouTube. No uh, Twitter. No Facebook. No whatever. Nothing. Try that for a month. Now, if, after your flesh gets over panicking, okay, which you've got to be honest, it's there. You give yourself enough time away from it, and you'll start to realize that, Wow. That affects the way I think. That affects what I, when I have spare time, what am I going to do? Oh. It's not, oh, I've got an extra half an hour. <laughs> That's not in our mind. That, it, it just it, it, it pours into us. And we're going to be very, very careful that we don't let the, that thinking affect us. God just says it's, it's foolishness. Okay? We could also go back and go back to that question of what's right about it. Don't let yourself say, well, I'm not sinning. You're just letting the wisdom of the world filter into your mind and affect the way you think. If you've never done that, where you just like cut it all off, nothing. Now, check your mailbox and some of those things for college, but cut it all off. Try it. It's painful. Right? That's why we don't do it. Cut it off. And let yourself see how much is this affecting my thinking. God says the thinking that comes from that is foolishness. You're defiling his temple by bringing that into your thinking. All right. Um, so we need to be very careful that we don't defile the temple by bringing into it things that are unholy. Okay? All right. Going back to the beginning, we're told that we're going to be judged at this fire. Our work's going to be judged in a fire, whether they pass or not. Let me just read down through some of the, the points we hit here and think for a second. How do I need to change? What of my life needs to be fixed because of this? Right? First one, is Christ your foundation? Both you're saved and you base your works on the fact that you're saved. You base them on Christ. Uh, what things can you not ask God to increase? 
You know, that question of praying, God, please bless this next hour, is a sad joke. You know that you can't pray that. God says the lasting things, he brings the increase. All right, what things are preventing you from earning rewards from God? We listed those things that God says we get rewarded for. What things are you doing instead of that? What direct commands are you ignoring? Do you want God to treat you like you treat your Christian life? And then how wise, now that in quotation marks, are you about this world? The wiser we are about this world, the more of a fool God says we are. How wise are we about this world? Okay? It behooves us to think about how the score is going to be kept. What things do we need to change so that we're amassing points that actually count in the end? Right? Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's pray and then give you a chance to come if God's spoken to you. Lord, we ask that you would help us as we think about your word in this passage, that we would remember we're going to be tried by fire. Our works be tried by fire. And Lord, we want things that have eternal, lasting value. Lord, help us to honestly evaluate. And Lord, uh, for me, it's been an evaluation over a long time. And Lord, maybe some here need to go home and take some time to sit and evaluate, make some honest and hard decisions. Lord, we ask that we would live this life that is building with gold and silver and precious stones, not things that will just burn up and be useless in eternity. Lord, again, we thank you for your word and our schools that we can be part of. In Jesus' name.